Oh, hey, didn't see you there. Welcome to episode 47 of Secondary Fermentation. I'm one of your host, Lauren, and I'm joined by my <laughs> other beautiful co-host this evening. Wow. Wait, other beautiful co-hosts? So you're calling <laughs> yes. yourself beautiful and us? <laughs> exactly. Aww. I'm just in a generous mood. <laughs> <laughs> After you remember the name of the podcast? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> this is Joe. And this is Nick. And like Lauren said, we're here for episode 47, Secondary Fermentation. You know, she missed the first half of the last episode. And she can't even remember what we're called oh. now. She's really so just a, a poser. Sorry. <laughs> you poser. I don't really hear people calling people posers anymore, do you? I feel no. like that was very popular in high school. Have a foggy brain. Yeah, and that was like, that was a big insult. It was. To be called a poser. I remember. Would, yeah. And it was kind of like in the skate scene, right? It was, not yeah. like Not like other things. I was definitely a poser. Yeah. <laughs> I wore skate shoes and, and like the typical like skater apparel and grew my hair out. Yeah. I had nothing. I didn't play any rock instruments. I didn't skateboard. <laughs> I just looked the part. I did skateboard. I was uh, terrible at it. I didn't like, you know, just kind of messing around with my friends skateboarding and then... uh I did he play the, the guitar. Oh man, I should have just kept going, and then yeah, could have been Blink One Eighty Three. You were not a <laughs> <laughs> you were not a poser. <laughs> poser. I pretty much was a poser though. I wasn't. I wasn't hardcore. But speaking of posers, our topic today is beer, wine Ooh. posing as beer. <laughs> <laughs> not really. Uh, I just trying to think of a segue for that. But uh, you know, it's twenty twenty three. We were actually recording on one one twenty twenty three New Year's Day. A New one, a year. one, two, three. But yeah, so what do you guys? Uh, what's uh, what's coming into twenty twenty three for you guys? Wow, that's a heavy question. Yeah, I know it's like you think, like personally, what goals do I have? Maybe I'm not really a big New Year's resolution person. Mm-hmm. I haven't been. I don't know. I just feel like I I have sort of objectives. Like I'd like to accomplish this, that, the other, and and every year, I guess. But um. You know, I don't think I'm going to, like, start something now, January 1st, just to, you know, have it fizzle out in a month from now. Yeah. <laughs> not saying that it's the case for everybody, but... We, yeah. can ho- we can hold you accountable, Nick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, um, there's certain things I think I like to do, just, you know, accomplishments and, and whatnot. Um, I think something really interesting that Jen actually was talking about was some influencer had posted about having sort of like a monthly goal, but for you get like 12 goals for the year and you have like a mini champagne bottle. And so when you accomplish that or check it off your list and you get to pop that little mini champagne bottle, it's like mm. a small celebration. I'm like, that's pretty cool. That's neat. Uh, maybe I'll do that with like some nice, some beer. nice beers. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like a little uh, bomber or something. I could pop that. But uh, yeah, you know, I'm hoping to, to keep trying new styles, keep, traveling more hopefully i think last year was kind of the first dip back into getting on the road to different beers or breweries in our region so this next year be nice to go around there's some new breweries that have opened up in the last year or so that haven't been to mm-hmm. some that are have been around and just never have made the trek there so that's yeah. a big goal is to go to go actually to experience the places in person uh, not just have their beers from a can that i've got at a bottle shop so yeah, definitely high on my list of priorities for for beer resolutions, if you will. Yeah, new beer resolutions. Mine is to really pad my stats for next year's untapped year in review. 
I don't know if you guys uh, listened to the last episode, but we were going through our uh, untapped year in review. Lauren joined us halfway through to give out her stats, but uh, it's kind of a fun thing to do. So check out that episode and compare it to yourself. Uh, we uh, love hearing what you had as well, so if you want to reach out, you can. But, yeah, I'm just going to crush some beers, I think. But I'm not going to, like... Not too many not beers. Not too many beers. You know, <laughs> Gotta have some beer fests. That's the way to do it. Yeah, exactly. Try yeah. some new ones. Yeah, I, I would like to go to a couple beer fests this year. Didn't really get to go. I mean, we went to one, two. I went to more than you. Oh, that's right. You went to that big one out in... Uh, yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, Nebraska. Uh-huh. And we went to the uh, Casita Collab Fest. Collab Fest. As a group. And then mm-hmm. where else? You guys went to the Raleigh? Yeah. Jen and I went to the Hops Fest in yeah, Raleigh, Durham, whichever it is. Um, actually, a big one this year we could say is we could try to go to Brugaloo for the first time. Yeah, that'd be cool. That's in April coming up uh, sooner than oh, I thought. I, I, thought, it was I thought it was in September, yeah. Yeah, they must have... Maybe I don't they, know if maybe it got pushed to September or the fall at one point, yeah. but um, according to the Instagram for Brugaloo, April 21st and 22nd oh, this year. Yeah. So That's actually not... Not too far from Oh, now. shoot. Am I gone that weekend? Is that the weekend that I'm gone? Uh, Dang, I'm going to my friend Corey's bachelor party. Oh, no. No! Well, maybe I'll have to go hold it down. I'll just go. <laughs> You'll go? Okay, yep. that's fine. <laughs> Enjoy yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to know when, like, the Casino Collab Fest and stuff is. When was that? Was that in the summer? That was, was, like, it? May or June, I think. Okay, yeah. cool. Hopefully they bring that back. That was a big one. Yeah. Um... MC Hops Fest again in the summer. I think that's usually like June or July. So definitely some local yeah. ones. Too bad they don't have the Jolly Skull Beer Fest anymore. That I was know. cool. I don't know why they stopped doing that. Probably because of public intoxication. Was that a high rate? Um, Probably. Well, I mean probably, but like was it any worse than any other beer fest? I don't know. Just I think there was a high number of individuals that uh, got caught driving drunk afterwards. Oh, there was. And, yeah. And so I don't know if that contributed. Oh, well, when you said public intoxication, that's a little bit different than DUIs. <laughs> well, I mean, they were out in public driving their vehicles. You <laughs> <laughs> got charged with public intoxication while going 70 miles an I, hour in I a think vehicle. It, I think it became more of a liability because they were host. They were doing it at the convention center. Mm. Um, but... But I all mean, of them are kind of done at convention. I feel like there's yeah. ways to mitigate that risk. Yeah. Just yeah. be, you know. Smart. Yeah. Don't drink and drive. Get you a DD. Do the watermelon crawl. Do the watermelon crawl. <laughs> I don't think that was the right tune. <laughs> <laughs> that was not the right tune. It's all right, though. We'll let it go. Oh, man. Anything else that we're thinking of for this year? What Do you do? You have any goals for this year, Lauren? I have a lot of goals <laughs> for the upcoming year. <laughs> Not really a lot of them beer related. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's probably healthy. Yeah. I'm going to cut back on my beer consumption a little bit. Yeah. Too much yeah. for you? Too much. She's yeah. going to reduce her stats. I'm going to reduce You're, my yeah. stats. I'm gonna get, <laughs> You're going to hit a minimum number of check-ins in maximum number. Well, yeah. hit my quota for the year. I'm done. I'm done. So that out of the way, should we crack a beer? Sure. Do we have a beer to crack? I've got a beer to... Yeah, crack it actually with a bottle opener, of course. Ooh, cracking the cap. Cracking a bottle. I'm try your Ooh, you fancy, got this one. Uh, I forgot about that yeah. thing. Yeah. It so this bottle opener is really cool. It, you push down on it. And it's got a mechanism that 
I guess it catches the cap and then it pulls it off, but it's got a magnet, so it catches it inside the it holds the it. opener. And it actually doesn't really dent it too much. Oh, yeah. Not that it matters because it's just a standard gold cap, but here we go. Oh, wait. And I got a backup opener in case this one fails. <laughs> Attempt number one. Attempt number two fail. You might have to Maybe, like sit on yeah, the table. I think that's why. All right. Try not Attempt to make number it. Attempt number three. Third yeah. time's a charm. <laughs> Just completely did nothing at all. all. Right. And now we got a trusty Cigar City keychain opener. Just a little so. keychain bottle opener. Where? Where's my good one? It must be downstairs. Your good one, what? The one with the red handle. Oh, I don't know. That yeah. one is really good. That one like doesn't damage the caps <laughs> at all either. The little red one I've got. It's just the way it is. That's just the so way it is. I picked up this bottle of BMX barley wine from Crank Arm in Raleigh. Ah. So it's part of their Oaked Spoke series. I didn't really know they were into any kind of like barrel aging at crank arm but yeah this actually is a it's a barley wine ale that's aged in port barrels Some port hmm. wine. Ah. so i thought it'd be an interesting one it's not quite what we're going to be discussing today with the no beers but it is aged in a wine barrel so it kind of is it's it's on the right track yeah and i, I mean i've seen a lot of the experimentation with grapes We'll let you get some of that poor footage in there. Wow. But seeing some of the experimentation in grapes in a lot of different ways. I mean, we've seen some breweries age in barrels like that one. So that one's, what, port barrel-aged, you said? There was some white wine barrel-aged beer that Tarboro released one year. Ooh, right off the bat, I'm going to yeah. say, I think interesting white, smell. Yeah, I smelled it from the bottle, but you know, Ooh, like you're saying, the white grape is something that I'm kind of familiar with mm-hmm. a lot of beers at least as like a flavor or an aroma yeah but this port is going to bring a lot of a deep flavor to it uh i can smell the flavor from here oh wow crank arm brewery doing bmx what is it bmx barley wine yep bmx barley wine uh true to their i guess culture and their bicycle themed nature yeah, the theme, yeah. so bmx so, yeah, I mean, a barley wine ale, we kind of talked about this in a recent episode where we discussed barley wines at length. Um, not truly a wine, it just sort of has some similarities in character. I mean, it's brewed entirely differently. It's not, you know, wines, uh, grapes that are mashed and then fermented in barrels, but it does have some similar characteristics. So the, having the barley wine then aged in a wine barrel, I think, is a a nice idea. You know, we've had some like, you know, bourbon barrel aged barley wines and mm-hmm. things of that nature, but yeah, I think this will play interestingly off barley lines, uh, barley wines flavors, just cause it's, this smells like a straight up like barley wine, like really malty, also high bitterness, but then the port's going to bring, I think a deep, rich character to it. Probably will play nicely. I haven't tried it yet, but here we go. Oh yeah. Dang. Definitely interesting. It's got a dry finish. Mm-hmm. Very wine-like finish. And it's... Yeah. But it's so interesting because, like, the initial sip in th- is very, like, punchy in my mouth. Yeah. But then it, like, mellows. Yeah, and it leaves you with a deep flavor. It's got a, almost like a good umami character to it, which umami. I find very... Yeah. 
Yeah, it does have a bit of a savoriness. Like um, it leaves me like, yeah, like that meaty quality. Like I don't know, it's very interesting when a beverage is like. So mm, pair well with some ramen. Steak, <laughs> ramen, <laughs> some ramen. <laughs> yeah, I I think this would actually be good with red meat. Um, red meat. But oh my goodness, it's so complex because, like you said, it starts off kind of like sweet, like a bit estery, um, and then. You get that really dry, sort of like tannic, bitter mm-hmm. finish from, you know, that similar to the port that it's aged in its barrels, but super deep malt character as well. I feel like mm-hmm. so that's that's what I get. Really get a lot of strong malt character up front, uh, followed by a little bit of like hoppy bitterness, but not really like aromatic hops, but just like bittering hops. Then you flip into port mode where it's got like more body and mouthfeel it's a little deeper and then it has almost like that finish not like sulfuric finish of wines but like kind of just that punch of wine and then it leaves and it stays in your mouth like lingering Mm -hmm. lingering flavor in there almost like deep chocolatey roasty notes like yeah very interesting My, my first like couple passes under the nose if you just kind of take it at face value, I didn't really take a deep uh, breath there, but I got some like chocolate or dark chocolate and it was like, like, I was like, it can't be right. And I was like, well, it kind of, I mean, it's there, but yeah. it's, it's followed by like deeper notes of some like fruit, like, like dark choc- fruit. Yeah. Chocolate covered like raspberries Ooh, is what I really. Mm-hmm. That's spot on the raspberry. Yeah. Cause very it's very desserty beer, yeah. but this also, I feel like would pair nicely with a steak, mm-hmm. like a rare steak. Oh. Rare. Mm-hmm. Rare isn't like it's hard to find. Oh, okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, like cooked rare. <laughs> that's how uh, that's how cats pref- pre- uh, prefer their steak to be prepared. Prepared. Rare. 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 <laughs> um, but yeah, very interesting. Also very fitting that you brought BMX uh, barley wine here because Greenville, North Carolina apparently is BMX hometown. <laughs> yeah. Which I didn't know and you would never know if you just lived here and did that because it's not like there's a lot of BMX themed events. No. It's just like the pro town, like where a bunch of pros came from. And then apparently they're like, peace, we're out of here. Yeah. I feel like you only know that if you just Google Googled Greenville, it. North Carolina. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought the same thing. What was it? Dave Miro was from here. Yeah. I think so. I remember looking that up and I was like, wow, it's going to be like a bunch of BMX courses in town. Yeah, and, and then you're like, of, there's nothing. <laughs> well, there's like maybe a couple skate parks even. I don't know if there's... Yeah. There's re- not a lot of a lot of that going on. I remember when I when I worked here for a couple of years in the parking lot at work, they had a demonstration for like BMX things for kids. That was the only like BMX themed thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Unless we're just missing some other side of this, the town, but probably not. Any guesses at the ABV before we move on? Ooh. We haven't done that in a while. 9.9. I'm going to go a little on the higher side. I'm going to say 11.2. So somewhere right in the middle. Joe, you're close. It was 10.8. Ooh. Oh, wow. Dang. Wow. So it's cresting double digits, dang. almost 11%. But it does, I think at first I wouldn't have guessed the ABV to be so high, but the way it finishes kind of that boozy dry mm-hmm. wine-like finish it's like yeah it's got to be a little bit higher um but otherwise it's very palatable not not as like heavy of a beer i'd say yeah um yeah and that's why i mean it doesn't taste like that high of a 
of the uh, ABV, but you can almost just kind of like feel it in the whole, mm-hmm. the way the whole beer comes together. And then just the style itself, you know, gave me a clue towards the higher end. But I think your guess was pretty good too. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I mean, like based off like the perceived alcohol level. Perception. You know, some beers really just like knock your socks off and then it's like, oh, it was only 7% and then some like don't taste like anything and you're way, uh, way under, under guessing. Yeah. Those are the dangerous ones. Mm-hmm. For sure. I often equate flavor to alcohol strength, too. I feel like beers that are very strong, like, on the palate, typically tend to be stronger beers, with some exceptions. Well, yeah, because, I mean, um, you think about it also... Well, I guess barley wine also is why I went high, but you think about uh, the whole thing is, like, balance, usually, so bigger, right. bigger beer more alcohol, more malt, more bitterness, just everything kind of coming together, amplified, you know, like double IPAs, same thing. Big imperial stouts, kind of the same thing. You get a lot of robust flavor and then yeah. the alcohol to, to balance it out. But yeah. So you said this was aged in port barrels, correct? That is correct. So that kind of brings us, I mean, we mentioned it previously, and, and the title will probably be aptly named, but we're talking about N.O. beers today. No beers. <laughs> yeah. No Not beers. Not N.A. beers. N.O. Yeah. beers. N-O no beers. beers. No beers. <laughs> uh, you know, when I first saw this word, I thought it was pronounced Oweno beer or Oweno beer. Oweno beer. Oweno beer. But uh, it's spelled O-E-N-O-B-E-E-R. Uh, and it's kind of representative of a hybrid style of beer that incorporates winemaking techniques or I've even seen some places go as far as defining it as having, uh, you know, to 49% of the the sugar content coming from grapes. Mm-hmm. So the, either grape juice or, like, actually crushing grapes with the wort. But very interesting. Uh, yeah. And I can't, I don't know if I've ever had anything that has truly been coined N.O. beer before. I was, you know, when you had mentioned this topic to me, it, it sparked a memory for me of having a beer in Denver at Renegade Brewing Brewery or Brewing Company. Uh, they had a beer called Ivolette, which was an Italian grape ale. Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. that was very white wine-like. It was quite good. I don't know if you remember that. Where was that? Renegade Brewing in Denver. You were talking about that the other day. Yeah. And I don't remember having it. It had but... indoor-outdoor seating. It came in like a, almost like a... Came in a tiku, I think. Did I have it too? You had, I think you had some of mine. Oh. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever checked in an Italian grape ale, but you know, we talked about this a little bit earlier. Just how many beers have white grape sort of characteristic or have been used uh, in the fermentation process? So, I'm sure, some have snuck by, but yeah, the term itself, the Eno beer, I hadn't heard that used in a beer setting until just before Christmas. Uh, Jen and I and uh, her brother were making a trip down to Myrtle Beach for a few days, but we stopped in Wilmington at Edward Teach to get a beer to kind of break up the drive and just enjoy a a nice brewery in Wilmington. And the uh, server had mentioned that they had that NL beer on tap. And then, you know, he described kind of that was something new for Edward Teach 
think it's their second iteration of uh, an NO beer. They're kind of doing like a, a series of these. So it's kind of neat to see them give a shot at it. But, you know, he described it being like, yeah, beer wine hybrid. And I, I thought that sounded interesting. So I took a sample of it very much, you know, it, it does have characteristics of both styles of beverage. So I kind of was like curious and I, yeah, I sent Joe a text and said, we should look into this. And um, yeah, I mean, there's just a lot more to it than just, you know, oh, it's a half beer, half wine. Um, biggest thing being that, you know, it is still a beer by definition because like I said, it's like it gets up to almost 50% of, you know, like a wine, uh, either the grapes or the, the mash of wine, I think it's called must. Um, but, but it's still, so majority would be still the beer wort, um, and getting fermentation from the wine product. Um, so definitely interesting because to me, like we, we've had a lot of beers recently, I think from like barrel culture, all the like mixed and wild fermentation mm-hmm. ales to me, I kind of thought, Oh, they're all going to be sort of like that. But really there's not a, a defined like limit or region for this style, or I guess, um, we'll kind of talk more about whether or not it's a a pure style <laughs> yeah, yeah. it kind of has a lot of creativity and a lot of leeway mm-hmm. so but the term itself uh sort of just defines what's added to the ward or what's um mixed in there so uh, it was cool to hear that and then to kind of just dive into some some reading some um some research into what's going on at least stateside but also internationally so as I was researching this and, and looking into it, I saw a lot of the articles and actually there were quite a few articles that were coming out around the, you know, 2019, 2020 mm, time yeah. frame. Uh, so right before COVID and they all were, you know, had a common thread of mentioning this guy, Alex Liberati, who was an Italian native, lived in Rome for a while, actually had a very interesting backstory of kind of fell into beer and his love of beer on his own. Uh, you know, the Italian craft beer scene then was very small, if almost non-existent. And uh, he opened up a bottle shop, got beers from all over the place, and then ended up, ended up being a distributor in Italy and having, I guess it was like over 500 accounts with different restaurants and, and various businesses that he sold all these beers to. And then he saw the natural progression to be brewing beer. So he actually opened a craft brewery back in 96. And at that time, there was only three breweries. <laughs> and then it exploded wow. <laughs> in, in the next, you know, yeah. like 10 to, to the time frame that he left. I think it was like 10 years or something. And it went up to like 1,200 breweries in just a very, very short period of time. Wow. So there was a huge explosion of, of breweries. But uh, anyway, he created this concept of Eno beer uh, in one of the interviews that was had with him was cited to have come from an experience that he had where just some guy brought up his homebrew and was like, Hey, can you try this? And he basically recalled it as like an enlightening experience and that it, you know, he was like, Hey, I need to try brewing with, with grapes. And he had done a little bit of experimentation before, but it didn't really work out. So he gave up on it, but then that reinvigorated with him. And I think what that was, was it used uh, local white wine, white wine grapes for that. So he coined the term NO beer came to Denver, Colorado, and then opened up Liberati restaurant and NO beers. 
And uh, sadly, that closed in when 2020 was it? But, yeah, I, it was. Seemed to be maybe a, a probably COVID or something. The result of COVID. Because there's, I mean, it had to be a relatively new business if everything was, you know, just really getting the buzz on them yeah. at that point. And it was niche because it was kind of one of one. I mean, the only brewery that solely dedicated its craft to making the N.O. beer. Mm-hmm. And pursuing that. And right now, if you go on Untapped and you type in N.O. beers, basically it's all Liberati, 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 Liberati <laughs> yeah. that comes up. One similar style, though, is uh, Italian grape ales and... I kept seeing them come up and almost being used as synonyms. Is that pretty much what you found too, Nick? Yeah, there, there didn't seem to be a lot of differentiation. Um, although some some minor things that I noted, uh, you know, so the "no" part of "no" beer comes from I, I believe like ancient Greek for wine, which you know makes sense. But um, you know, the Italian grape ale itself is actually something that has been on the radar of the beer judge certification program they actually have suggested in i think one of the latest updates to the guidelines to have that style introduced uh, as sort of like a fruit beer subcategory uh, whereas the no beer itself doesn't really have that same distinction um, because i think really the difference being is uh, the way that the role that i think the wine product however you introduce that the role it has on fermentation for the beer um, is more integral to the, the NO beer than it is for an Italian grape ale. So now I didn't get this far into it, but as far as yeast profiles that are used, did you see anything about them using like wine yeast versus brewer's yeast in these or? Yeah. And I think again, that goes to some of the creativity, but um, because with the NO beer, you can implement a few different strategies for like introducing the wine, uh, either the the must like the just the mashed juice of the the grapes. You can use the wine barrels to introduce the wild yeast. There uh, it seemed like people that wanted to use like wild yeast from uh, the you know the the wine barrels. You know you kind of dial back the brewer's yeast because it's just uh, I guess that can really kind of counteract or create like an off not flavoring and you plus you have all that yeast going on in the barrels mm-hmm. um but yeah it seems to me you have so much going on with the the wine product i mean grapes themselves i mean fruit any kind of fruit can produce you know the the, the like goal effect of having fermentation so adding your brewer's yeast your you know saccharomyces um it seems kind of i don't want to say moot but you might have a little bit of uh, redundancy there. Yeah, and that's one thing I was really having a hard time straightening out N.O. beer versus the Italian grape ales. Uh, you know, most of the things I've seen for Italian grape ales span a clearer, lighter-looking beer that definitely remi- like reminds me more of a white wine. Uh, and a lot of the things that I read was saying, you know, they're more experience to sometimes like drinking like a champagne or like an effervescent wine yeah and the bjcp i guess like guidelines if you will for the suggested uh style placement for the italian grape ale actually has uh notes of refreshing sometimes more complex italian ale characterized by different varieties of grapes so even within that there's not really like confines for what types of grapes to use, 
what sort of end product you have. It says there's like, you know, sometimes refreshing, sometimes sour, sometimes um, dry, you know, but it's at its root, it's an, it's an Italian ale that introduces grapes. So I think between the Italian grape ale and the Zeno beer, there's just such a, I think it's hard to, like I said, to define it strictly. So I'm not sure if we'll ever see it as a, you know, a pure style as far as like in the BJCP style guidelines, because, you know, there's just so, I think there's so much room for things to, to go like in different directions just because of the variability of the, the grapes too. So, um, they also mention you know, aromatic characteristics for the Italian grape ale could be, um, pleasant should not have any defects such as oxidation malt characters usually restrained while hop aroma can range from medium low to absent which is interesting to me because i feel like with something that's getting fermented or uh, i guess aided fermentation from grapes i expect that to be more like estery kind of dry kind of malty but they say here like you can actually have some hop character present which to me i don't know how that would go i guess depending on the hops you use, you want, I wouldn't want something that's like overly grassy to sort of, <laughs> yeah, that might be a weird, yeah, like, gra- like grassy or piney or resinous with like sweet grapes could be really an off putting flavor. But I guess if you use some, you know, some hops that have a lot more kind of like your, I guess you're like your new England hop, something that's going to be a little more juicy, a little fruit forward than you might have a kind of a nice fruity, uh, kind of like balanced product versus something that's like dry, bitter, and like, I don't know, overly aggressively piney or resinous. Yeah. And, and it's interesting to me, like just the variety of the techniques that are used with it, whether they're fermenting it with the wild yeast that's on the grape skins, whether they're, uh, you know, adding grape juice to the, to the wort after boiling, which is kind of cool because then you get that fermentation characteristic from that or the wild fermentation from the grapes themselves versus like sparking it on where you think of other fruit beers you're mainly looking at like aseptic fruits or things that have been peeled and then Mm -hmm. kind of stripped of their natural bacteria whereas with with the wine you're really using those wine making techniques to uh impart that specific flavor and interesting flavor with it and it's also interesting to know this is not like a new or novel concept, but I just don't think it's something that's talked about a lot because one of the good examples they give is uh, from Cantillon, you know, doing a lambic that's aged on grapes. So right. it's very like kind of a common thing. It's not a not a new concept to mix wine and beer, but it's just not a popular one, I'd say. Yeah, and, and furthermore, you know, there's been styles of the Eno beer that, introduce meat as a, another source of fermentable sugar, um, usually in some combination with wine and the wort from the, uh, the brewing process. But you know, I thought that was, that was kind of neat to see that there's, you know, just other fermentable or fermented beverages that you can introduce. I think that kind of opens the door for, uh, you know, some other different styles to emerge as well, just by kind of blending together. Well, not blending, cause that's not a good word, but I guess introducing two different fermented beverages, um, you know, especially having beers like the backbone, which is adding in another kind of fermentable beverage or some other source of 
fermentable sugar. We talked we talked about adjuncts a lot. I think this is kind of in that same vein where you're trying to achieve a different output by just giving different sources of sugar for um, for your beer to or for your wort to have the yeast munch on and, yeah. and create a different output. Yeah, and I think that that plays in the argument of should it be its own style or not. Because you're looking for a different outcome than you were if you were just saying, oh, I'm going to have a right. blueberry sour. You know, you're not, it's not like I'm having a grape sour. You know, you're trying yeah. to make a different product than just a grape flavored thing. It's not like grape soda <laughs> or something, you know, it's right. It's, it's just more of an attempt to blend the two beverages, which I say blend, it's probably a poor choice of words because there's wine beer hybrids, which are basically taking beer and taking yeah. wine made completely separately and blending them together and then that being the the product which i heard doesn't really achieve the same results and is not that good i can't imagine that that would be that good oh, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't sound that great <laughs> uh but there are some examples but really and when we're talking about this the italian grape ales or no beers we're talking more about a hybrid of the techniques used to actually make yeah. the product so that's the the big difference there yeah, that was like my first question to the uh, the server at Edward Teach when he talked about their NO beer. I was like, oh, so like how how do you achieve this? Is it like you're just mixing a wine with a beer? And he said, oh no no, it's part of the it's introducing two different techniques, but the fermentation generally is done like simultaneously or like a co fermentation. So definitely different than if you just like yeah blend <laughs> together two fermented you know a fermented beer and a fermented wine. And I I think that'd be hard for it to really like emulsify and create like a cohesive yeah. beverage at that point. So come over this weekend. We're going to, we're going to blend a case of Franz or a it's... box of Franzia with a case of <laughs> Bud Light. Mmm. Check out this. And a beer. <laughs> and no bar. Is this an beer? <laughs> is this an beer? <laughs> Great meme right there. For yeah. Um, so I just did a quick search on untapped and looked up and beer and not, Unsurprisingly, most of the things that came up say Libera- Liberati, Osteria, and Eno Beers, yeah. <laughs> so the restaurant that they had. Uh, but surpri- like to my surprise, they're all very highly rated. Like the lowest rating I see on average is a 3.6, but most of them 3.9 to 4 oh. over 4s. So very, uh, very interesting. He even had like an oyster one. That's That like blows my mind. Yeah. And I kind of wonder if that that right there is a good example of maybe one of the biggest contrasts between the Eno beer and the Italian grape ale. I think the Italian grape ale is pretty strict in kind of w- what direction you're heading. But the Eno beer, I think you could really use a lot of different base malts. You could introduce other adjuncts to it. And so that there's a lot more fluidity and uh, creativity there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like an oyster it's like salinity from the oyster added into yeah like a wild that's why i like wish i could have tried that beer uh last time it was checked in was 2020 (laughs) after they closed but yeah uh but yeah i think that is a great point and i think that where you you kind of go from a style to a category of beer right italian grape ale as a style with its own srm and ibus and does it do they does BJCP define that for it or do they just put it in the fruited beer category and and leave it there? Well, for now, it it has sort of, I guess, uh, 
I think it's maybe like a pending amendment. I'm not sure if it's actually been added. It, it was as of 2018, I saw a uh, suggested like addition. Um, I need to check out the 2021 to see if it was added. But yeah, they have like the overall impression and aroma appearance. The appearance though, it says it can range from gold to dark brown. So again, not even, even for the Italian grape others, not a strict SRM for the color of the beer. It can be you know, what we look at as like a standard kind of golden ale to something more like a brown ale or an amber. Um, yeah, so maybe it does draw some closer distinctions yeah. than I thought because I was, I was picturing that NO beers as like a more free range kind of a thing, you know, versus yeah. like this is a fruited sour. Like it'd be NO beers as more of the category of sours with all the different mm-hmm. subcategories within. But I don't really know because there's not a ton of them out there. So yeah, and I guess for the Italian grape ale, I mean, it makes sense that the biggest distinction in color might be the type of grape used. You know, a red grape versus a white grape is going to totally affect, you know, what your what your beer looks like if it's darker or if it's, you know, I could, I could see some like reddish hues to a, a an Italian grape ale that was, you know, used with the, with red red grapes. I don't really know. It'd be very interesting <laughs> if you did like, if you did white grapes and yeah. then did like a dark specialty malt as your base. Oh yeah. And made almost like a porter with white <laughs> white grapes. I feel like that would be horrible. Uh or do like an Irish dry stout with like I don't know what's a I guess red wines are a little more dry often. Yeah. So I don't know. That might be really like this. wild. So this I don't know, this doesn't count, does it? Or No. Yeah, so you know you mentioned the the moniker of the N O beer style, if you want to put style in quotations, I guess. Um, that's that's recent. It was you know um, something that was kind of coined to fit what Liberati was trying to do. Um, Liberace. Liberace. <laughs> I keep. I have to find myself not to say Liberace. <laughs> um, so I was reading though uh, something that, a beer that I've had actually from Dogfish Head Midas Touch actually was a sort of like a reinvention or it was inspired by something that they discovered when they found King Midas's tomb, there were ingredients that lent themselves to be um, used for a similar style. It's like a, a beer, wine, mead, like hybrid beverage. And so that's, you know, dating back to 2,700 years plus. Um, so Midas Touch is part of their ancient ale series at Dogfish Head. Yeah, very interesting because that comes up all the time. That specific beer, I, like, I can picture the packaging, even though it hasn't been in production yeah. for a few years. But they they brought it back this year. So. Like all the books I read talk about how he worked with the scientists, yeah, the, to like figure it out and like figure out what the ingredients were. Yeah, and what was it? Honey, grapes, malt. Yeah, like, and this alcoholic beverage that was stored in his tomb. Uh, very interesting. But then they recreated a modern take on it. Yeah. Very cool. But they have a lot of other of the, in their ancient series, right? Oh, I think it's such a really cool initiative to to have a series that uses that. So um, that's, I guess, you know, going it, while we have sort of a modern uh, nomenclature for that kind of style or practice of, you know, bringing together two different uh, beverages, it actually is not as new of a, an idea as we might think. It's actually, you know, thousands of years old, really, it seems like so. Um, yeah, just kind of cool to see everything kind of come back full circle and see other breweries get creative and yeah. trying their hand at it too. Yeah, definitely. 
Well, LC looks like she's ready to give us a pick of the week here. She forgot her koozie and now she's got a, a tumbler <laughs> with a beer inside of it, but there's not it's like a can of beer. But we'll close our eyes and assume the position, I guess. Perfect. Sorry, did you want to say assume. assume the position? The position is assumed. Did you just assume my position? <laughs> it's kind of nice, this new setup here. It's a lot easier for LC being right right in the middle. We're kind of a a wraparound seating style. Ooh, yeah. there's the beer in my hand. Oh, you got yours already? I'm waiting patiently for mine. Sounds hmm. foamy. Okay, so we're looking at two very different styles here from this uh, oh, port wow. barrel-aged barley wine to for what sure. we have in our hand now. Holy cow! Uh, so much different. Very light, a little more, a lot more subtle, I would say. Very hoppy, um, at least from the last one. It kind of gives me an, an aroma that's uh, reminiscent of like if you take hop pellets and like rub them between your hands. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Doing a brewery tour, you go to the room where they store the hops or the hop pellets or the, uh, I guess, what is the one? It's like it's it's like the hops, but they're basically. Like I don't want to say dehydrated, but they're kind of in just bales. Um, yeah, just like chopped up and kind of yeah. semi-processed. So yeah, but you still you get you rub the hops together, get those lupulins out, and you get um, a really like fresh hop smell. Um, this is what I'm getting as well. It's just like pure grassy vegetal kind of aroma. Yeah, it is very not like a juicy aromatic kind of thing. Which has me leaning towards a American IPA style, mm. West yep. Coasty kind of a thing. Uh, I'm gonna take a peek at it. It is golden in color, more of like a yellow gold. It's very foamy. I got quite a thick collar of foam on there. Yeah, likewise. Um, and it's a little hazy, tiny bit hazy. I don't know if that was intentional or not. Yeah, I couldn't tell if that was just from the chill. It is a yeah, it might be a chill cold, haze, but, but it's not like condensed because yeah. I wiped it off. And... Taking a couple sips, and while it is rather hoppy, and uh, it leans, like I said, towards the like grassy hop side of things, it's not overly bitter. No, so it's I don't not. think it's like a West Coast IPA. I think American IPA would be spot on. Um, something that really just um, it really showcases the hop character, but it doesn't. You know, it doesn't try to make it overly juicy or, yeah. uh, I mean, and I think it does enough balance with the malt bill to keep it from being overly hoppy, overly bitter, uh, but it still does produce a really nice fragrant and, um, you know, kind of like earthy IPA. Yeah. A little more lighter body than I thought. Uh, it's not necessarily dry or anything, but it's just a little thinner in, in viscosity than the previous beer that we had, yeah. <laughs> which I thought was it, quite a hefty boy. I thought from the smell that it was going to be really like overly bitter, but it's it's not at all. It's really palatable. No, it's just super like aromatic, piney, resinous hops. I'm going to say this is an American IPA with an ABV sitting at around uh, anywhere from 6.8 to 7.4%. Interesting. This is a bold, that's a bold guess. I'm ready to be embarrassed. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, uh, I might say the ABV is a little bit lower. Like, my range would be maybe 5.5 to... 
That's the 6. one thing. 6.5 maybe, but... I'm wondering. I went... Yeah, I'm wondering because the... It's, like, lighter in body. It's just aggressively, like, hoppy. And I'm getting more yeah. bitterness as I go along here, too. Mm. Yeah, the rum is still pungent for me, but I'm... I'm finding the palatability pretty consistent, so... Yeah. What do we got, LC? Are we right? Tell us. Let's start, let's start off 100% for It's actually an Italian pilsner. Uh, <laughs> Oh, oh no! I'm just no, I was gonna say there's no way. Um, this is actually Dream Stealer from New Anthem. Ooh, New Anthem. Wellington. Um, and I think the style is just IPA. Okay. Yeah. So American IPA. Yeah. What's the ABV though? Tight. Well, what's that? Seven point. <gasps> oh, dang! Oh, that was the range, right? <laughs> Man, I guess I'm just on spot with my ABV guessing these yeah. days. Dang! I didn't even know we had this. Did you go buy this? I think it was one of my um, LC beer picks of the week. It's also got some really She's cool. Gotta keep those hidden. <laughs> like well, a Chinese dragon type thing. Canadian two row and chit centennial ne motika. Motueka. Yeah, that one. I guess and people Nelson, are gonna make fun of me for that. Both in the kettle and in a generous double dry hop. Oh, double dry hop! That's what we didn't get, but. DDH. Yeah, and it I should have guessed dry hop. That would have been smart. Lemony, astringent. White wine and smoky. White wine. Don't get a ton of lemony, but it all comes back to wine. Could be. I can see it. Call comes back to wine. This one. No, this is really good. Yeah. Um, for I being like a it. seven point seven point one. Yeah. yeah. ABV. That is not. I mean, it's a really approachable beer. Yeah, it is. It's quite good. I mean, it's a little different than the usual New Anthem stuff that we have, which are a lot of like hazies and mm-hmm. West Coast mm-hmm. and very aromatic beers. Uh, and this one's sticking more to the bitter, like give me the pine, give me the resin, give me the yeah. grass and vegetal, and then a little bit of that citrus in there too. And while being double dry hopped, it's not like, you know, <clears throat> it's not over the top no. bitter or... But I kind of like that character of yeah. like, this is fresh hops like rubbed between my oh, hands. Yeah. And it does have a fresh hop sort of vibe to it, even though it's not, um, I mean, they don't say, state that it's fresh hop. Yeah, it's just one hoppy boy. Yeah. But very cool. Yeah. All right, cool. Good well, pick. yeah, I think you gave us a little easier one this time, LC. All right, so we're 100% so far in 2023, I think. Yes. All right, we're going to stop here now. <laughs> <laughs> Say we just got everything. All right, LC's pick is done. LC's pick is done. We're killing that segment. Yep. Well, I guess speaking of done, sounds like episode 47 is wrapping up. Thanks for tuning in to check out our take and our little dive into N.O. Beer. Uh... If you want to hear some more from us, check us out at eastcarolinabeer.com. Hit up our Instagram, East Carolina Beer, Facebook, East Carolina Beer and Brewing, on Twitter at East Beer, and Facebook, East Carolina Beer and Brewing. If you want to send us an email, reach out, send us beer, send us your homebrew. We'd love to review that. Oh, if you, if you have some, yeah. uh, you can hit us up at eastcarolinabeer at gmail.com. And we're always happy to interact and, and hang out and talk. I mean, hang out, probably not, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe. But yeah. Uh, I guess kind of that wraps us up. Any, uh, what did you learn? We didn't say what we learned. No! I learned a lot. I didn't even know what no beer was. No beer. Now <laughs> no Lauren beer. knows that no beer is actually some beer. I actually learned a lot in this this episode. Uh, the difference between kind of an Italian grape ale and a no beer. Uh, really, at least my interpretation of it. But uh, what did you learn, Nick? Yeah. yeah. Again, it was a very, I think this is one of the more informative episodes we've ever done. 
for me, it was a completely new concept to kind of dive into, but uh, I'll just single out one thing. You talked about, you know, the skin, the, the yeast on the skin of grapes, like being so instrumental to fermentation and having like sort of a, a wild fermentation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we think a lot about like fruit ales and fruit beers where, you know, fruit's very common as like an adjunct, but um, a lot of times it's like, you know, they process them, they kind of puree them or somehow yeah. clean them. And so they're they're rid of all the, imp- you know, I don't say impurities, but all that like, natural bacteria you find in fruit. So um, really cool to see like somebody just utilize that naturally occurring bacteria on something and uh, just let the deuce work. Let yeah. the yeast do the work. Yeah. As Gordon would say. Gordon Ramsay. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that wraps us up. I'm Joe, and cheers. Cheers. Cheers.